Welcome back to Skinny Inspired Skinny Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Virgio. You guys, come on. This is what I'm talking about and why you start the thing, because you never know who you might end up with a guest on your show today. Okay, today, hold on. Are you ready? Today, we have a guest on. Her name is Keisha. She literally just hit over 5 million downloads on her podcast. I mean, can we just take a moment <laughs> and have like a slow clap for that? I was like tooting my horn at 10,000, but listen, I have 10,000 more than if I didn't start. Right. Hell yeah. So real. Oh, so Keisha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. And I know we're going to have some epic conversation around keeping it real as fuck because you are really, really good at that. That's what made me want to talk to you and have this conversation today. Ah, uh, Jessica, I'm so pumped to be here with you and just chat about all the things. I'm the most open book of open books. And thank you for your support of the podcast and everything too. It's been such a wild ride, which we're going to talk about, obviously the highs, which are fun, but also like the, you know, on your bathroom floor crying where like snot and mascara gets all up together in your mouth. And then you're choking. Cause you're like, ah, like, let's talk about that stuff too. Cause I am so about the real journey of just like life, entrepreneurship, building a business. So uh, I'm here <laughs> for it, girl. Fuck yeah, that's exactly what I think the struggle that most people have is really a showing up authentically on a social media, but then like thinking that they have to have all these grandiose, like, you know, tools and things that they're quote teaching when it comes to starting a podcast, putting a course together, or even just showing up on social media. So what, what was it in the very beginning? Walk us back because I I know you're highly entertaining. You literally, I told you, you have the cutest couple award hands down. You (laughs) share so much of your life on social media, which we'll get into is how it builds the brand in yourself, but take us back to the beginning of what it looked like, you know, for you to start to put yourself out there for one. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of women listening into this will connect with like this inner gut feeling. A lot of people, it's a visceral feeling. Some people it's up in their head of, I know that what I'm doing is not aligned, even though for me on paper, it all made sense. Right. Cause we become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group. Right. So all my girlfriends and, and my fiance for only a couple more weeks now. Um, and you know, they, we all went to school and then we got our jobs out of college and we started working our way up the corporate ladders. And I actually had great managers, great career trajectory. My background was in it project management turned engineering recruiting, uh, very different than what I do now. Um, but it made sense on paper. It was great by a lot of people's definition. My last corporate job was working at Google. Like it was an awesome job, but it always felt like I was in the wrong realm. Like I was just like, I'm I, like, something's off. And it made me like really question, is this the right career path? Should I be in the entrepreneurship space? Like, but what would I even do? Like, can I create something? Like, I just didn't even know what I wanted to do, but I knew that what I was doing wasn't working. So instead of quitting my job and just trying to like make something work, I was like, what if I just started something on the side? That's been kind of my mindset for everything that I've done in the space is um, I, when I was working at a corporate job in Seattle, I decided to start a network marketing business on the side, had no idea what it would turn into, ended up uh, building a massive team with that, got a lot of opportunities to speak on some really cool stages, earned lots of income with it. But then again, after building it for a couple of years, I got this gut feeling once again of I'm in the wrong lane. Like this is not what's right for you. And that was really hard because I thought that I had done the ultimate jump from good to great when I left the corporate world into entrepreneurship. But when I was at the top of my game, making more money than I ever imagined possible, getting to speak to like 12,000 people, you know, hitting all these shiny accolades, having people clap for you. But then you know that it's not right. You feel like you're kind of crazy because it's like so many people are saying, I wish I could be in that situation. I'm like, 
really do you? Because like, it kind of sucks. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And there was a, a beautiful journey with this and so much growth. And I learned so much about being in that space. But when it came up for me that it wasn't aligned anymore, I went back to, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk away from this, but what can I do on the side that could give me more fulfillment? So I started my podcast empower her, uh, end of November of 2018. So three, almost three and a half years ago. And my intention with it, which you kind of led into is, you know, I wanted it to be a come with me. Let's figure this out together rather than a look at me. I've got this all figured out type of podcast where I, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know what I was doing next, but I felt like if I feel this way, I bet you there are so many women all across the world that also feel like maybe on paper things made sense, but it doesn't feel in alignment. So I would just Google things. Like I'm like, Am I lost? Am I confused? And I'd find someone that wrote a book about that. And I bring them onto my show and I'm like, tell me everything. I know nothing. Just like, tell me. And I just let myself kind of be, um, this person who was willing to pull back the curtain and just be really honest about the fact that I was just figuring it out as we all are. And I think a lot of people resonated with that, which then turned into, building a community. I actually wanted to start in live events in January of 2020. That was my goal was to build a live events company. Whoops. Uh, curveball of the world. So instead built a membership community, built a podcast course. I just listened to my community and I listened to what did they actually want from me? And then I just went and built it. And then I shared the process as I went and here we are. I've done a lot of cool things and had a lot of times where I've wanted to move to like a tiki island and just like be a barista when I feel like I suck and then I get back into it because I know it's in me you know <laughs> wait so that's normal <laughs> on the right path that's what Lori said one day she was like if you don't feel like you want to throw up cry or quit like on the average for your goal then they're not big enough goals I'm like yeah. that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life but it's so true it's so, it's so true Oh, it's so real. My God. But just to think of the growth that you've had personally in the last three years with your business and like the evolution of those stories leading up to next, the next right thing. And it's like, I feel like a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to pivot or change. It's like, we've been so conditioned to stay in our lane. And that's yeah. literally one of the things that came up for me that first time I got put on the hot seat in, in a group where I had invested to like learn more or to put myself in a room where people were having different conversations than what I had been having before. And that was the, it like literally brought me to tears because it came out of my mouth subconsciously, but I had been trained to stay in my own lane. And just like you, when you're at the top of your game with the network marketing business and making all the money and doing all the things people would say to me, well, like, what else do you want? Why do you keep trying something else? Or, you know, it's almost like they, like I was looked upon as it was a bad thing to be evolving and moving. Now I see it, I'm 41 and it's been 20 plus years in my adult career, but forever. That was like, not the thing to do. It was like, pick one thing, see it through till you die. And that's all there is. Yeah. I mean, it's our, it's like the next generation, right. Where essentially, or the prior generation, I should say that it's like loyalty at a company was rewarded. And even when I was in the recruiting space, the world is just changing where it's like, we actually don't want people that aren't able to kind of adapt and change and grow. When you stayed at a company for too long, you're just so stuck in your ways. And it's like, that doesn't even make sense in entrepreneurship. Of course, you're going to change your mind. Like that's like a conversation that I'm always talking about on social media and on my podcast, because I want to normalize that that means you're moving in the right direction. I have had so many things that I've started that were not aligned anymore. I've had to return thousands of dollars when I've launched a program that I just knew I didn't want to be doing. But truthfully, I mean, like the fragility of life is such a motivator for me because 
it's like you don't actually know if you're ever going to get there wherever there is for you. But the process itself is 100% guaranteed. So do the things that you like and quit the things that you don't like because you just aren't guaranteed that you're going to ever get somewhere. And plus, here's the thing that's going to happen. You're going to get there. And hopefully, because you fell in love with the process rather than just what the process could produce, you look back at the path that you took towards getting there and you feel like it was worth it. But if you're doing all of these things and you're hustling your face off and your relationships and your health are put on the back burner and you're doing things just because you think you quote unquote should do them, then you get where you wanted to go. You look back at that path and you're like, that was not worth it. And then you throw in the towel and then you waste your potential and all the other people that could get impacted by you. And it's like, why are we doing that crap? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh my God. That resonates so hard. I'm sure everybody listening is like, Oh, a heavy head. Yes. Nod. And I feel like (laughs) there's so many lessons that you learn along the path of trying the next thing that teach you what you do and don't like what you will and won't stand for what your boundaries are what brings you joy what is like the path to your enlightened happiness and I think that's not talked about enough except for on shows like yours and hopefully on mine that without the try without exploring those things like you'll never know and I'd rather die like saying I tried all the things rather than saying I wish I would have done xyz so there has to have been some massive lessons that you've learned (laughs) along (laughs) this journey that you've been on what are you, what do you think some of those massive lessons that have really shifted your perspective on where you started versus where you are now that helped you grow to where you are now? I think what first comes to mind is when I started in the entrepreneurship like space was in January of 2014. So a long time ago. And I remember I decided that my human goal with my business was I was going to learn how to be a more fully expressed version of me. I was only 24 years old and I didn't, I was working in this predominantly male environment. Back then I was a project manager at an IT company. So the men that I was working with were like 20 years older than me. I had to be a lot more buttoned up. I had to like focus on like structure and like, I mean, it was really not aligned with my actual natural personality, but I was like, what if instead of focusing on what I could get from this business or the type of money that I could make, or honestly, even the impact. What if I had a selfish human goal of who I could actually become by choosing to let my business be this outlet to help me become more myself. And when I first started sharing about my life on social media, it was back then. And back then it was on Facebook, on my personal Facebook page. And I would just start to peel back the curtain of like the person that I was, you know, when I'm with my best friend or when I'm with my fiance, like the, the most real, honest, raw version of me, I just had the intention of I'm first going to post something and then I'm slowly going to crank up the dial of just being more honest and being more raw and I'll become a more elevated version of myself. I'll become more confident being myself. And we know how confidence is built, right? It's like, essentially, I like to think of it like it's a bucket where every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, it's like you're putting a deposit into your bucket. You're like, plop, 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 right? Like you say, you're going to drink water. You say you're going to work out. You say you're going to do X, Y, Z in your business. Or for me, you say that you're going to try and be more yourself publicly. That built up so much confidence that now I just have this deep-rooted belief in myself that I can figure anything out. I'm going to totally screw stuff up. But I just believe at this foundational element that I can figure it out. And I've seen how fulfilling it is to just be myself where I don't even at this point know how to not be myself. Like, Mm. I don't even know how to tone it down, even if I tried. And that is so beautiful because so often, you know, we're running around and we're trying to do all the things and it's, it's hard enough to be a human, let alone if you're a human who's constantly acting like what you think you should be doing. Like, I don't have the freaking energy for that. And I got a lot of energy, but I don't have it for that. (laughs) You know, I'm sure people can relate so hard to that. I mean, you're, you're, 
you know, child, your upbringing of the conditions of how you're supposed to be like that. We all have this like pre conditioned, like, this is how you're supposed to show up. This is what's acceptable. Like you said, this is the job, this is the things. And so like, even to have an awareness at like in your early twenties of like, if I show up, then I get to be the, like, I wasn't even consciously aware that that was something that I could do. Like, where were these boxes to be checked when I was graduating high school or in beauty school? Like it was like you said, like five minutes ago, pick the thing, stick to it and like play the role. My mom was queen of like the fake it till you make it, but not in the sense of fake it till you figure out who you are and like show up like however you want. It was like, be like everybody else so that you will be accepted. And like, even yeah. watching like the, the generation before us, like 60s, 70s, like it's like this, they want to come off so perfectly polished. And it's like, when I talk to my mom at the root of who she is, we're like jokes and energy like you. And like, there's just all this. But then when you see her out in like real world, she's just like a little robot sometimes. And I know she's going to listen to the podcast. So I could say that with love, but like, yeah, sometimes you see this, these versions that people put out into the world and you're like, it's, it's crazy. But then you have the opposite with social media that you have all this shit to compare yourself to. How do you not see, Oh, Lori Harder's doing this. Keisha's doing this. Angie's doing that. Like maybe I should be like that. So then I will have the same X, Y, Z. Like how does one go from one to the up? Like, how do you start to find your true authentic self in all of this craziness and inundation of, you know, information and like just all the influence. It's so real. So I think um, that as humans, we naturally want to belong. Like we're wired to want to belong and we're wired to want to protect ourselves. And then we also have this like primal nature of like self-confirming bias, right? Where we look for evidence to support whatever our current beliefs are to be true, to reinforce those beliefs so that we feel comfortable in thought patterns that we've repeated over and over again. So when you think about that, we have to recognize that if we're telling ourselves the story where we're constantly beating ourselves up that we are comparing, we're going to already feel like we're losing. We're going to feel like, why am I doing this? Oh, there's something wrong with me. Before you even actually have the out- outcome of you comparing yourself, you're already mad at yourself for doing it. So my frame on it is like, of course, you're going to compare yourself. You're human. Like you, you're designed to want to belong and then you're socialized to support that. And you probably had a lot of programming in your brain through the thoughts that you think, which drive your behaviors and your actions over and over to act in that way. So what if instead you just throw that out? You're like, of course, I'm going to compare myself, but here's what I'm going to remind myself. If she can do it, then I can too. If she's already doing it, she's proof of what's possible. She's proof that the market already wants it. If there's a, so many people always tell me this with podcasting since I help so many women in this space. They're like, there's so many podcasters. The market is so saturated. Is it quote unquote too late for me? I'm like, first of all, please recognize it's not actually saturated when you get into the details of it. But beyond that, it's if there are other people that are consuming this medium, that's proof that people want it. I would so much rather be the hundred thousands person, millions, two millions, five millionth person that's launched a podcast than the first one who had to just try it out. I'm like, thank you for all of you that have gone before me. It makes it so much easier for us. So when you're thinking of comparison, I build in practices where I can celebrate people that have gone before me. For example, I have not written a book. I will at some point when the timing is right, not in terms of waiting till I'm ready, but more so like, I just don't want to freaking do it right now. Um, but more so I, when I'm at like those little Hudson news stores in the airport, I'll always go in. I, this is like part of my practice at airports is I'll go in and I'll find anyone that's been on my podcast that has a book in the, in the store and I'll hold it up. And if I'm friends with them, I'll like text them. Or if I'm not, I'll DM them. And I'm like, this is your book. I'll like shout them on social media. I'm like, Woo-woo! And I like hold up their book. I'm like, thank you for paving the way. And it's like such a weird thing to do, but it, it's a reinforcement 
it. Anytime someone is doing something that I want to be doing, I'm looking at them of like your proof of what's possible. I'm going to clap for you. Thank you for paving the way. And then I've got some really good boundaries. Like I don't consume a lot of content for someone who shares a ton about my life on social media. I don't really know what other people are doing, right? Except for a few people that I'm like, oh, this person inspires me. And sometimes when we're triggered by someone, it's a reflection of what we want and we can learn from what we're triggered by. And I've always looked at it through this curiosity lens. So to be fully transparent with you, Jessica, like I actually don't really struggle a ton with the negative ramifications of comparing myself to other people because I know what it feels like to be me and I'm just having a really fucking good time. And that, you know, but and but the other lens of comparison that I actually think some people might resonate with, if you want to jam on this for a second, is comparing ourselves to a prior version of ourselves that I have to work on. And I'm constantly working on that where, you know, like when you're doing something new for the first time, like this happened to me when I left, like building my network marketing business, where I was like, I knew exactly what to do. I could do a lot of it with my eyes closed for any women listening to this. Like, even if you're a salon owner, you've worked in a particular environment, you know how to work that environment, but you go into a new environment or you start to build a new business and you're like, what? I have to start at the bottom again. Are you freaking kidding me? Like I have to suck and then I have to keep putting my reps in so I can get better. And then I have to keep putting in my reps. in when I'm really kind of not, you know, I'm just really not very good at it until I can get good. And then I have to put in so many freaking reps until I can get great. But I could just go back to that prior version of me where I was already great because I put all those reps in and we forget, right? We compare ourselves at the height of something to the bottom of the new thing. And we think that somehow, Mm. because we were good at something else that's completely unrelated, even if they are kind of correlated, it's still something new. We forget that we don't get to skip that beginning stage. Nobody does. Uh, You're speaking to my soul (laughs) right now. Like literally I'm like, did I just pay for a therapy set? No, but that's what <laughs> listening to Keisha's podcasts are like, she's in your head. She's in your head because she's been you. And that's why like you guys see me talking about, you know, masterminds and the programs and why I push myself out of my comfort zone to create my own membership slash mastermind and start this freaking podcast is because yeah. if I looked at people like her in a, in a negative way, Lori Harder too, it's just a million fucking downloads last month. Like if I looked at that as what like, oh, I'm never going to catch up. Well, what's there to catch up to? Like just start, but being- yeah. 20 years experience in the salon. And and like, I can do that shit in my sleep. So many times now starting all this new stuff, it was like literally from the first time I joined fast foundations being fire host, like all of this information that I knew not what to do with. And I literally was like, this is going to, something's going to transpire from this. And it's literally been three years of discovering what feels in alignment and what I want to speak about, who I want to talk to and and what is my messaging, like my particular, what do I care about? Mm -hmm. And I think when I started the podcast, like anything, or if you have an event for the first time, you want to bring in guest speakers so that you don't have to do as much. You're like, well, I'll just let them take over. I'll facilitate. Like, you know, same with the podcast. I'll bring on epic guest interviews so that like they can like lift the podcast up. But then I noticed some things happening and I didn't want to do the podcast. I was filtering myself. I wasn't being like authentic. And I pulled back and I was like, maybe podcasting is not the avenue. And I I really had to think about what I wasn't doing that would have got me excited. And it was stupid things like cussing and really like speaking my truth and like talking about things that like maybe aren't going to maybe help you in business, but subconsciously they will. They were like really things that had driven me personally that I really didn't have comfortable conversation with. And so once I understood that and started embracing that and listening to more people like you and like really just people who authentically just talk about the shit, like it's the personal stuff. Cause again, if you can't enjoy the journey, like you said earlier, 
what is the point? Because you're going to get there and then you're going to look back and you're like, why was I miserable for the last six months? And this is where, I don't know if you get a lot of those early stage people that come to you. I know they come a lot for podcasting, but like they feel burnt out. They feel overwhelmed. And I really feel like burnout and overwhelm are like your body's way and signs of you're off track of however you're doing things. It might not be what you're doing is the wrong thing. It's just how you're doing or how you're showing up. So do you notice that when you talk to people in, in your world, especially now that you're at like a higher elevated, like it's the same conversations, right? It's oh, just hell yeah. in a different format, right? It's, I think a lot of times we get burnt out because of these like perfectionist tendencies that we think if we do it quote unquote perfect, that we're somehow not going to be susceptible to other people's judgment. But like, no matter what, perfect is completely up to interpretation. So like what's perfect to me is actually messier. Like when I see something really carefully curated, I know that person is hiding behind like some deep wounds that they feel as if, if they show up in that way, that they're going to be more loved or appreciated. Like, I I mean, I know what, like, I see it from such a different lens where like my version of perfect is like you said, I don't edit this podcast a ton. Like I don't do anything like that, like, because it's more raw so people can connect with that. And I think, um, often when you feel burnt out, it's like you're hustling. Brene Brown would say like, you're hustling for your worthiness. You're trying to prove something to someone, but to who, because Last time I checked, I have yet anyone who's living the type of life that I want to be living. None of them have ever told me you need to be more perfect, right? Or you need to get your shit more together in X, Y, Z capacity. And none of them ever judge me for like the vision that I have. They're never telling me like, oh, you shouldn't think that big. Like it's only the people that aren't even living the life that you want to be living that are giving you feedback, trying to pull you into what they know. And it's often not even malicious. Like we have this intention, like this idea, I guess, in our head of like, screw the naysayers, screw what everybody else thinks about me. And I just, I get it fundamentally, but I just don't think it's very practical because again, as humans, we want to belong, right? So this burnout comes from these people-pleasing tendencies often of trying to appease everyone, trying to get everyone to like us. But if you actually take a step back and you look at the inventory of the people in your life, who are you trying to prove and what are you trying to prove to them? Like, who are you trying to prove anything to? Because I just I just know that it's not people that are further ahead in the areas that you want to be ahead in. Like, I'm not taking marriage advice from people who don't have marriages that I don't want. Right? Like, I'm not taking business advice from someone who's never built a business, right? Like, it's just, we need to like take a little bit more inventory and ask ourselves those tough questions of like, who am I doing this for? And why am I trying to show up this way? Like, who am I trying to impress? And then who am I taking feedback from, right? I love that so much. That is like, so many key questions. We got to write those in the show notes for you guys to journal on because the, the proving it to, I didn't realize that's what I was trying to do all these years. I didn't realize that's yeah. why I stayed in the industry because, you know, there was something to prove. And until I listened to a podcast, I think, I swear it was probably Lori and Britt Siva. So Britt Siva is somebody who's pretty high up in the, um, in the beauty industry as well. And the two of them got off topic and started talking about worthiness and proving stuff to their mothers. And it like clicked for me. And I was so thankful that these two women decided to have this vulnerable conversation on a podcast talking about proving their worth. And I was like, holy shit, that's what I'm subconsciously doing. Like somehow, you know, being in the beauty industry wasn't a quote unquote, you know, real job. And I know so many people in my industry feel that way or started out that way. And we've had something to prove once I make six figures in this industry, once I open my own salon, once I go booth rent, once I X, Y, Z, then I will be a successful person in the beauty industry. And it's like these crazy stories. Like where the fuck did that come from? Where did that come from? That came from some shit. My mom said, I'll pay for this college, but not that that's not real school. And I've spent the next 20 years trying to prove her right, wrong, whatever. Um, But like, 
it, it's wild, those kind of things. So how have you done work on the side to like reframe or has that never really been an issue for you? Cause I'm oh. sure. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> if I, uh, what if I was just like, nope, everything's been rainbows, butterflies, happy unicorns. Everything just comes to me. No. Oh my gosh. I mean, I honestly just have realized how this has manifested for me of this, like, you know, kind of like this, like abandonment wound. Like I had someone that was close to me that was an addict growing up. So I developed this idea in my head of like, I have to be more self-sufficient. And I always wore it like a badge of honor, like any, I'm always going to get it done. Everyone like you can count on me. I'm going to follow through on it. And I didn't recognize that it was even self-sabotaging me to this day. Like this is something in real time that I literally working on currently is I realized that even with my own business and the growth of my, like just my business in general, my podcast, whatever, I've put this lid on myself where even with the employee, like the employee that I have is my best friend of 15 years who works for me, which is like such a beautiful thing to be able to hire someone that you're obsessed with like that. Um, but I know in the back of my head that if for some reason, this person who I trust so much didn't show up to work, I could still technically do both of our jobs. And that's a problem, right? Because, and it's becoming from this, like I had this idea in my, and like deep down that I had to raise the, like my conscious awareness to of like, I'm still telling myself the story that I have to prove that I can do it on my own, even though I know that I can't, I know that my dreams are way too big and my vision is way too big for me to show up the way that I want to and try and say that I can do this on my own, but I'm still working through that now. And I had to become conscious of it. So someone right now that's listening to this podcast, you might be recognizing that you've been telling yourself like, well, you know, but I know that I can always count on myself. Like I'm always going to get it done. I've got such good work ethic. I'm so self-sufficient. And often that might've come from your childhood, which it did for me. And that's beautiful. And you should be proud of your work ethic and you should be proud of, you know, believing in your ability to figure things out. But how is it hurting you? How is it putting a lid on your potential? Because you can't, like what got you here is not gonna get you there. My, and that applies to me too. Like, I mean, like we talked about, my podcast is Come With Me, where I literally had an episode about this that dropped today that I was like, I recognize this about myself that I need to get better at continuing to outsource stuff that doesn't need to be done by me. Nope, doesn't need to get done by me. I have to catch myself literally right now. No one can see us, but I have this like note notepad here. I'm like, these are all things that I went to do today that I circled that don't need to be done by me. <laughs> so like, it's, it's real. And it's something that we're always going to have to work on, but it's, you know, it's coming often from some sort of childhood wound crap. And you're like, why is this still bugging me? It, it does. And we all get to work through it. And that, and that's the thing. It's the awareness part of why do I keep doing this? Or why does this keep coming up? Or why can't I grow any further past where I'm at? Like we all have these glass ceilings and I definitely had one and I sat in it for 15 years in the industry. Like I hit six yeah. figures. And I'm like, well, I made it. That's it. That's all there is. And then, you know, when Chris launched the fast, I saw that he launched the elite level like years ago. And I thought, man, I sure wish he'd start one for early stage entrepreneurs. And the next thing you know, he's on there talking about, you know, I started this, you know, I, th I knew these guys needed the foundations and he called us accidental entrepreneurs. And I was like, that's exactly yep. what pretty much everyone in the beauty industry is. Or even most people that get in, into entrepreneurship. Yeah. We're accidentally here when we discovered like, there's this other way and we're like, Hey, that looks cool. I want to try that. Um, and, and it was, that was it. It was off to the races for me. And I invested in such a large, the, the largest way I'd ever had in myself without knowing yep. what the ROI was going to be. I was like, I literally just want to be in a room having better conversations where I'm not the smartest person in the room. Yes. And that's where I was just so open to like, what could be that shit has come back tenfold in ways that I would have never imagined opportunities, places, network, friends, people like, it's just, it's so wild. So can you talk to us what it looks like? Cause I know you went all in last year when you first invested in that elite level mastermind, it was, it was like the next level step for you. Like, can you 
walk us through like what that shift was like. Cause that, that's a pretty big leap right there. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever invested in my business too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, so here's the thing that <laughs> I'm really passionate for about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the thing that I'm really passionate about is reminding women, especially that like this, these dreams that you have in this like vision that you have for your life, like you have to tell people about it because we hold it close to ourselves, And then it's like, oh, then you're only letting down yourself if you don't follow through. But when other people are enrolled in your vision or they understand how important it is to you and you call your shot, you just have more skin in the game. And so what I actually did uh, right before I started my podcast, I sent, uh, and I didn't know I was going to start a podcast at this point. I sent a message to Chris and I said, Hey Chris, like I've seen you post about your elite level mastermind. I think you have to make $500,000 a year to be in it. I don't have a business yet, but I'm going to start one. And then I'm going to get to that point And then I'm going to come back to you. And then I'm going to join that mastermind. Can't wait to chat about it. So I just told him I was going to do it. I didn't even have a podcast. I didn't even have a, I didn't even have a, I definitely don't have a business that would generate 500,000. Um, I wanted to build a business, not network marketing. I wanted to build my own new business and then come in with that business. So when I did it, I came back to him. I was like, Hey, remember when I told you I was going to do this? Like now interview me. Cause I want to invest. And it was the most I've ever spent. It was more than I made my first year out of college, my annual salary. Like, I, and I, and I remember just being like, well, but if I have this much skin in the game, I'm so much more likely to show up, right? Like think about it. I mean, I've done memberships that were $17 a month. I've done programs that are $2,500 a month, 25 or $2,500, right? Where I'm like, the girls that pay $2,500, they are showing up. The people that pay 17, it's like, nah, whatever, because you just don't, it's going to get you to take action. And to your point, I think there's a lot of power in calling your shot and then recognizing where you actually need support. And so often it's actually just in community, but people can't support you if they don't know what you need support in, if they don't know what you're working on, if they don't know how to recommend you to a friend, which is why you hear all these conversations in the business space about niche, but it's really about like, how can someone describe you to someone else so that they can also help you with opportunities? How can you call your shot on what you're working on? Like whenever I go on, you know, Instagram stories, I'm like, hey, I'm really excited to build my speaking career this year. And then someone messages me like, oh, my, this company is looking for speakers. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have to talk about it. And so someone listening into this right now, you have a dream, you're driving in your car, you're listening to us and you're like, you're going to work, whatever. You have a dream on your heart and you're the only one that knows about it. And you wonder why the universe isn't rolling out the red carpet for you because literally no one can help you roll out the red carpet. Right. So I think what's just worked for me is I just call my shot. I have no idea. I had no idea what my business was going to be. And I actually didn't know how long it was going to take for me to get into that room, but it was pretty cool when I did. And I was like, yo, remember when I called my shot, Chris, let's go. It was fun. You know? <laughs> so what that's, I love that story. Like more than you even know, because I feel like we, that's, what's so funny about Instagram, right? Like if you post a picture in a relationship, that means it's like an Instagram official, or if you post <laughs> something on social media, you're like, Oh, it's real now. Um, and I think that's, that's with true. anything. And that's what we literally just spoke about that this morning in our, in our group call for, for our, for our beauty entrepreneurs about yeah. like, I don't like to be salesy or I don't like to this and that. And I'm like, literally nobody knows what you have to offer them unless you talk about it. And yeah. they're like, Bleh. you know, it's like, we have to reframe what we call things in order for them to like feel differently. Cause we all have, like you said, conditioned beliefs around certain things. And that was, that was something today that it, like, it was so simple, but it resonated so hard for everybody. I'm like, how will they know what courses you have or what programs yeah. you offer or even what freaking services you have if you don't speak about them or talk about them or train your staff how to talk about them. Yeah. And you know, everyone has these different goals and levels that they want to hit in the group. And it's just being in community, like you said, was, is, is, and was one of the most powerful things for me, but watching other people like lean into each other and pour into each other 
it's it's literally the most beautiful thing because we aren't meant to do any of this shit by ourselves. And even yeah. though we can, you and I are very similar. Like, oh, I got it. I don't need any help. Like, how much further could you be if you invested in people who their zone of genius was so much different than yours to help you build your dream business? And I think that's what oh, people yeah. forget is like, not everybody wants to leave. You know, some people, yes. I love to be a hype girl too. And there are people in the world that want to help bring your vision and your dream to life. And those are the people that like your best friend, how fucking cool are you going to work with your best friend? Yeah, She's like your biggest supporter. And like, hopefully there's at a point where there's so many things in your business that you have no clue of even what's going on because so many other people are taking care of it. Like that's where I want to be. Yeah. And, and, and when the more you do, the more you can employ and give other people opportunities to like be a part of the epic shit that you got going on. Yes. And you also, I like, I just have this like firm belief. That's a big fuel source for me is I want to be proof of what's possible, not just with what I accomplished. Cause there's a lot of people that talk about their accomplishments, but with how I am in pursuit of it, right? Like I want to feel really fulfilled and I want to be really excited. I want to show that like, you can have so much fun building a business. I, you can be present where your feet are. Like, I have no idea what the hell is going on on my schedule the rest of today. I, I, I know I have stuff, but I don't, I'm like here. And, and I love that I can embody that because I just think a lot of people feel very frantic and scattered. They feel like they're constantly like, it has to feel so hard. Not that it won't be hard, but it's often just hard because we're our own worst critics, right? It's not even actually just what we're doing, but it's the way in which we're doing it. So I want to be a testimony of what's possible. And I want to be someone that's like, you just know I'm having fun doing it so that if I can do it, you sure as hell can too, right? So that's always like something that comes up for me where I'm like, I just don't think that I was gifted this vision unless I'm also gifted the resourcefulness to figure out how to do it. And that applies to everyone because everybody's got different visions. Like I never grew up, one of my best friends grew up with this vision of she wanted to be like a killer stay-at-home mom and be at like every like kid function and do all the things. I've never had that vision in my life. I don't have kids right now and maybe I'll change, but I, I don't, I've never ever had that vision. It's always been to do something like really weird and random. So what if we just trusted that like, if we have it in us, we also can figure it out, you know? Mm, I love that so much. And like, again, those things are going to shift and change because yeah, yeah, 10 years ago before I had my son, I didn't yeah. think about those kind of things either. And now that he's getting older, I've, the reason that propels me to do what I'm doing and step more into this entrepreneurship of space freedom, not necessarily time freedom. Like I'm down, I'll work 24 seven, but like for 20 years, I was stuck behind the chair in one yeah. particular place. I could not make money unless I was there. And so that was the catalyst was I want to be able to go wherever he is. I want to pick him up from school at two 30. Like I want to create a schedule where like I can move around and not be stuck to something. What would I then like to do? And then let me figure out how to do it. And in, in doing that, I had to get around people. How are they doing it? And so, you know, leaning into the people that have gone before you, I love that you shared that earlier, like with the podcast and just like, what is possible. And again, I feel like almost everything's been thought of and done already. So if you can find yourself in a lot of these people's vision and, and lean into like, it's not copying, it's being inspired. So yeah. there are things that you're doing that I want to emulate and then bring to my community. And it's like, you're not the first person to create a podcast course. You yeah. learned how to make a podcast and now you're teaching it. I feel like, unfortunately, people get so much shit, especially in my industry, they'll learn an extension method and then they'll become a teacher. In it. And it's like, well, you can't teach that. Yeah, you just learned how to do it. And I'm like, who made that rule? Like, yeah. if someone is called to teach or share, like, no matter what it is, I don't care if they just learned it five minutes ago, you know, like, if mm -hmm. they find value that they can charge, it's like, it's so wild to me. Like the, like, where did that conditioning come from? You can't do that. Like who, who told you that you tell somebody that they can't do something. Yeah. That shit's just wild to me. Well, it's also, there's so many different personalities and stages that someone's going to connect more with someone else than, than, than you, than I, than, you know, than anyone, like, because 
I actually think there's a lot of value in someone who's brand new of learning how to do something because you're so close to that newness that you can connect with them, right? Like I don't have fear of podcasting anymore, but I remember, I can tap back into it where I remember how incredibly sweaty and awkward I felt when I first recorded. And I used to do these like really dramatic pauses because I felt like that would be more suspenseful. But really what happens is everybody just like pauses because they like look down at their phone. They're like, is my thing still on? Because why, why is there so much dead air? Like I used to do that. Um, but I, I truthfully... I can't connect the way that I could six months into podcasting to a brand new podcaster. Now that I'm three months and four months or three years and I don't even know, three and a half years into podcasting, I can tap back into it. But I think there's always a space for someone that's newer to, to share that too, because someone there's room for all of us. Like everybody's going to connect with different personalities. There are some people that they're like, Keisha, you are my girl. I love your podcast. And then there's like, I shared on uh, Instagram yesterday about a review that I got that someone said I was like Jojo Siwa or whatever that girl on the Disney channel on steroids. I don't even know. Like, okay, right. Great. I'm not for her, but I'm for someone else. So it's like, gosh, like we just have to own that too, that our way in which we do things is for that person who needs to see someone in our exact situation and circumstances, personality, delivery, all of that, right? Totally. You're like, hey, she's like me. I could do it too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I love your style of podcasting. I love how excited you get. I love that you keep it real. And it's like, I can't listen to podcasts where people talk too slow. I would never send them a message and yeah. tell them that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll just turn it off or unsubscribe. Exactly. <laughs> It's wild to me that the need people have to share that type of a thing. It's like, there should be no such thing as negative reviews. Like, I don't even see the point. Like, I just really don't, you know, yeah. you, you know what your shit sounds like or what it looks like. Okay. So if you could go <laughs> back and change anything in the journey, if you could go back and redo something, or if you can go back and like learn a lesson quicker, what would it be? Yeah. I mean, of course, I, I feel like if you ask someone this question, most people are going to say like, it wouldn't make me the person that I am today, but I do think I, it took me a little bit longer to recognize that people aren't motivated the same way as I was. And that had me like just stumbling a lot. I think I could have reduced the learning curve there if I had leaned more into things like, I love Enneagram. I love like understanding how people are core, like their core motivations. And I love that everybody is so drastically different, but I think I tried to lead and motivate from a place assuming that everybody was like me and was going to be motivated in the way that I was. And once I started to just really like dive into a lot more like personality type stuff and start to understand like how everybody else is motivated differently, I just felt like I could connect with them on a deeper level. And then I felt like I wasn't trying to like shove people to do things that I felt like they should be doing, but instead I could do it in a much like more impactful way. So I think that took me a while. Um, I, that was a big struggle with me, um, with the first person I hired before my best friend that I didn't know. I didn't know how to support her. Cause I figured she was going to be as self-sustaining as I was, but she needed a ton of direction and I wasn't used to that. So it's helped me by learning how to motivate other people. It's helped me build a more engaged community but also like just feel like I'm more connected to people and then just make better decisions when I bring on contractors and stuff where I'm like, okay, let me understand this person. Oh, I see how they're going to take action. How can I get more people around me that aren't like me? Uh, that's been really helpful too. Cause I don't want a bunch of, I'm an Enneagram seven and enthusiast. I do not want a bunch of sevens around me all the time. Otherwise like nothing's getting done and we're all like twerking on the wall and it's just too wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that. We literally just talked about that this morning. One of the girls, she has a team of, uh, she went from just being a team of herself to now she has a team of 12 people. And yeah. she was literally talking about how do I keep them motivated and inspired? Um, because they're all so different. And I thought to myself, same thing, you have to figure out what motivates and inspires each individual person and then be able yeah. to speak to them at that level. Like not everybody's motivated by money in a business. Not everybody's motivated by stuff. Like you got to figure out what is going to get them excited to show up in the way that you 
need them to. Um, that's huge because I've been in a space where I was at a salon where there was over 50 people that worked there. I mean, now that's difficult to like match everybody's thing and, and, get, and fill in the gaps what they needed. But yeah, at some level, have to acknowledge it in order to, I think, bring the collective together or at least acknowledge you only want to work with this, this type of people and only hire those people into your space. Um, I think you come from the mindset of salon ownership, but like you take, you just want to get butts and seats or clients in the chairs. And I think we now have this whole awareness of working with our dream clients. And it's like, like you said, showing up and speaking, this is the type of client I want to receive. I'm not just going to take anybody because even though there's money, it's an energy exchange too. And I find like, that's what leaves people feeling burnt out or overwhelmed, even in the coaching industry, like having coached coaches in, in the early stages, it's like, if you're working with the wrong people, you're not going to want to do this job, but you can't quite figure out why you're just going to talk yourself out of it. Or like for a while there, I thought I didn't want to do hair anymore, but it really was, I wasn't doing the type of clients I wanted to be doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And even that in itself was like, Oh, how would you say that? How can you turn down money or how can you any of it? And I really had to pull back and be like, yeah, no, this doesn't feel in alignment anymore. It's not the actual job that I'm doing. It's who I'm spending my time with all day. I'm coming home feeling drained, but yet I'm doing the same thing. So yeah. it's just, diving into that and because we change we evolve you're a different person every couple of years every couple of months just around awareness so I know we're closing up I want to respect your time but yeah. what would you say because I know like building community is one of those things I think I tried to do things a little bit backwards when I first stepped into the coaching space I was like oh I, I went from hairdresser to now I'm a coach and people are like wait what what are you doing yeah. <laughs> I didn't take the time to transition and just start to like pour into a community of people I wanted I wasn't sure who I wanted to work with so what yeah. would you say? I know building community is one of your strong suits. Like how, what would you say to someone who's looking to start something or build a brand? How do they go about starting building a community? Yeah. I think asking yourself, who would I be most excited to serve? Like what stage of life, what problem would I be most excited to contribute to the solution of? And kind of working from that, because we don't often figure out like, what do we want to do? Not just like, what are you qualified to do? But like, what do we actually want to spend our time doing? Because when you're passionate about it, you're going to be more consistent and consistency is going to help you build credibility externally, but also internally where you're going to not struggle as much with this imposter syndrome, but you're more so going to feel like, okay, I'm excited about this. I want to get better. I'm willing to suck a little bit at the beginning so I can keep putting my reps and get better. Right. So I would first think of like, if somebody slid into your DMS on Instagram and they asked you for advice on something, or they asked for your help on something, what would be that thing that you'd be most excited to serve them with? And then what stage of life are they actually in and figure out who it is that you want to serve. Um, because I knew for me that like my, my, the way that I'm building my business now has really started to narrow in and I've niched down a lot more. Um, but I always wanted to help the person that on paper, everything made sense. Like she checked all the boxes and she still wanted more. And she felt really just uncomfortable with that. And she felt kind of guilty about it, but she had this like visceral gut feeling that was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I not happy? So I could speak to all of her pain points. I could speak to all of her emotions. And I really just started talking about where she was at. And then I created the offers afterwards, right? So like I created offers that she wanted. Like I mentioned, when I started my business, I was building a community around my podcast in the personal development space. But then I was very intentional about screenshotting questions that I was getting and feedback that I was getting. And people told me what they wanted. They're like, Keisha, we'd love to be like in community with other women that also listen to your podcast. Oh, would you deep dive more into these different types of topics? I'm like, well, shit, I'll just make a membership community. I'll make something and then I'll create it as I go. And then a couple months in, so many women were asking me about podcasting. I'm like, well, I've started a podcast. I can probably start a podcast course. Right. So I think, um, starting with the problem that you're most excited to fix and who you want to serve and then letting yourself then pour into your community and 
ask for feedback constantly. What is it that you're working on? I'm always doing market research of like, what kind of podcast do you like listening into? Who are you tuning into? Like what problems are going on in your world? And just collecting all of that data and then seeing what type of product or program or service or offer could I create that these people could get a problem fixed by. And that logic feels really fun because then I'm just like a community building, like problem fixing, fully expressed version of myself. And I'm just like loving it, you know? And yeah, there's some days that you'll feel like you're pushing a gigantic monster truck tire up a hill and you're ugly crying and like snots in your mouth and like you, you just want to quit for sure. But you, but you know that it's going to be worth it because you're so excited about who you're showing up for. And when you've got that connective tissue, like you, you want to show up because you just feel called to, you feel like you're the person that can serve that demographic. I love that. That's, that's so good. So good. You guys listen to that last couple minutes of this podcast again, because if you are building even a personal brand with the hopes of yeah. one day having a bigger business brand, like these are the things that you need to start like thinking about what do you want to be talking about? What do people come to you for? Like, what is yeah. your favorite thing to wrap about with your clients? If you are still in the salon or with your girlfriends, when you're thinking, man, we should have recorded this. This would have been a good podcast. Like that's how all the juicy yeah. stuff gets started. Those are the things that you want to lean into and get curious about. If you do want to start to build community. And like, even if you're not ready to start a podcast, I mean, I don't know. I tell people maybe start an IGTV live on yeah. a specific day that you can commit to, to see if it's something that you like doing. Um, yep. and it, no harm, no foul. If you start something, you don't love it. And there you go. You tried it and it's okay. But until I create my own podcast course, I highly recommend Keisha's podcast. <laughs> yes, because I wanna, it out. yes. I think, I think there's nothing better than learning how to just put yourself out there. And if anything, you're going to learn how to do that through this. Um, I've watched bits and pieces of yours and it really like the guests that you bring in and people just really leaning into your authentic voice. And you learn that by talking and sharing and speaking yes. to people and interviewing guests. And you learn what, again, you want to talk about. So yeah. uh, thank you so much for sharing all those amazing nuggets. Of I course. am actually going to listen to this podcast episode back um, <laughs> because these are the kind of things like, I know you say you don't ingest a lot of stuff. And I think podcasting is one of those things. And there's seasons, I believe you probably will agree with this, that you want to learn, you want it, take in all the yes. things. And then there's seasons where you need to stop that shit and you need to just integrate and take inspired action and do the things that light you up um, and use all of that stuff you've wrote in notebooks and you, you know, acquired through classes or whatever the case may be and start to put it into action because um, without that, I mean, what are we doing? Right. Right. So with yeah. you on that. Oh, I love awesome. this. You're so, I'm so happy we're connected. You're just the sweetest. I'm just, I'm excited. I love your energy too. It's just, this is, this is so fun. Yay. So, well, thank you for going first so that I can have the permission to go first too, because I feel like I see what's possible with 5 million fucking downloads. I'm like, here we go. We're going to remember this. And you're like circa 2022. Remember when you were so green, Jess? Yes. Oh, I love it. Hey, it's you guys so can good. find her, Keisha on Instagram. You go follow her podcast. Um, tell her how amazing she was on this episode. Tag us, share it with your friends, send it to somebody right now. Tell them how awesome it was and how they need to listen to this so they can get into inspired action and take Take the chance on yourself, girl. Come on. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Genius Fired Beauty Podcast.